0: Welcome to Coopercast episode 87. This is your host, Al Stinkbug, John Sachs. In this seventh episode of Black and White and Rock and Roll, we start back at the doo-wop days again and wander up through the tokens, Al's 1650 Broadway days, and then wind up at Motown. Within this overall theme of, you know, black music, black musicians, white musicians, you know, we talked about doo-wop, how definitely started by black guys. Italian guys jumped in because they loved it. Then we had R and B, and then we had rock and roll. With there's a there's a famous story of
1: rock and roll was um, in the same time as doo wop.
0: Right, right, right. But definitely Chuck Berry came from a different little different direction than the guys who stood on the stoop singing doo-wop and harmony.
1: No, but I'm saying... um They're
0: both rock and roll, but they kind of came from a different direction, I think.
1: Well, yeah, but... um Yeah, well, I mean, look at the band I was in. Oh, where are short shots. Yeah, not too <laughs> many black people covering that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as we talked about, you know, you've got... Rock and roll's got all these different directions and corners. you got early Elvises, which got a lot of country flavor. And then you've got, you know, later on you get the Beach Boys out in California. you got the doo-wop singers. There's a lot of different. And one of the things we were talking about is uh, that one of the first white groups that jumped all over doo-wop was Italian guys. And you knew a bunch of those guys.
1: From those shows.
0: From those shows.
1: Uh, uh, Off the top of my head, The Elegance. Yeah. Little Star.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, Little Star. Yeah.
1: They are from Brooklyn, I think. Right. Uh, There was a a great band uh, in Queens. They didn't get famous, but they were great. Yeah. Called The Rockin' Chairs. Ah. And they had a, a minor hit with a song called A Kiss Is A Kiss. Yeah. But they played around a lot. So I, I'd go see them because I was in awe of what a great band they were. Hmm.
0: It's funny that, uh, the, that the black thing of singing doo-wop together on the, was then adopted very much specifically by Italian guys rather than just white guys in general. For example, we talked about the fact that in the uh, original lineup of the Blues Project... Everybody, pretty much almost everybody was Jewish.
1: Yeah, and then the guy that wasn't uh, got kicked out.
0: Yeah, Tommy Flanders. (laughs) Tommy was like very much not Jewish. But here's the thing. I don't remember ever there being a Jewish doo-wop group. Italian guys took up doo-wop and they did white doo-wop. And and Jewish guys jumped into rock in all kinds of ways. But I don't ever remember hearing four-part up group of Jewish guys I don't was there ever I'm sure but I don't they never had a hit
1: tokens were primarily Jewish
0: would you call them do up or just rock
1: they would definitely do up
0: all right well there you go okay
1: the lion sleeps tonight
0: yeah yeah
1: that's pretty do- up
0: I guess it is
1: I mean it's African but it's do up
0: that's another whole thing I believe the origin of that was that the weavers found this Africa. they like to do international songs, and one yeah, of yeah. the songs was uh weem away, a weem away, a weem away, a weem away. Yeah. and then the tokens turned it into a really catchy rock song.
1: well, they were very good friends of mine,
0: yeah, you said they were they, they were in the same were, uh
1: they were at sixteen ninety seven Broadway.
0: Oh, they were next door. Okay. They had an,
1: they had an office there, and their and their company was called Bright Tunes. Okay. And there was a publishing company. So everything that they wrote, they published. Okay. Which was rare. Yeah. Right. And and they were great guys. Um, two brothers. Yeah. And. Uh, And they all played, and sometimes uh, I would go on the road with them and just play guitar in their band. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: Ah. When I was, you know, not Al Cooper (laughs) to anybody knew. So we have this
0: thing where people were writing, guys like you and Brass and Levine and and, and Goffin and... uh, King. King and and, uh, Lieber and Stoller. Yeah are New York Jewish songwriters, Mm -hmm. very high-end professional people, knocking out hits. And a lot of the hits were done by black groups. Uh, They were probably written for those black groups. Meanwhile, something else develops out in Detroit, in Motown, Mm -hmm. where it's a black record company, and you have black guys writing songs for black groups.
1: Well, that was the point of Motown.
0: Dozier Holland and Dozier wrote this incredible string of number one songs.
1: Yeah, but there wouldn't have been that without Barry Gordy.
0: Right, right, right. But nevertheless, it's a, it's a, it's a real contrast because that wasn't white management, that wasn't white song. Was a complete black world and tremendously successful. The Supremes...
1: Well, he knew what to do.
0: Yeah. Barry Gordy was able to put together this complete package of black ownership, black songwriters, black singers, and they had incredible success. Motown was a, a real change.
1: Well, there had never been anything like that.
0: But you know what I heard? Because um, I just heard this interview on Fresh Air. It was a terrific interview with Holland, Dozier and Holland, bef- years ago before one of them just died. They would, they would put a sound together and a beat together, and get a whole music thing going, and then say, now you, you put words on it. He said sometimes it did go the other way to it.
1: Well, so did we. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Except it was the other way around. Meaning? <clears throat> we, we'd we have a, a a word idea first. Right. Uh, very rarely would I bring music in. Okay. And And they would put words to it.
0: Well, these guys said it was the other way. These guys said that they would always come up with the sound and the beat and the chord changes before they tried to find the words. Except, I think he said he had a fight with his girlfriend, and she said, or he said, stop in the name of love. And then that became the genesis of that song. Well,
1: yeah, a lot of songs came from, you know, stuff like that. Real life. He
0: said as a songwriter, he always had his ears open for any phrase.
1: Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Because, I mean, I consider myself a songwriter, and I learned how to write them by myself. Right. And that was the end of that.
0: This has been CooperCast, episode 86, brought to you by Sleepy Lions. Submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page.